CPI, CPI, CPI. That's all really that's going to matter today, right? I mean, we can look at some headlines. They're going to look left and right. But we all know the blinders are on. Everyone's watching CPI. Are we going to come in hot? Light? Is Jerome Powell going to be Santa Claus Powell? Or is he going to be dumping Powell? Let's find out. Pre-market prep. Rise and shine. Let's get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders. Let's get it started. Let's take a look into the markets. We're going to bring on Dennis Dick, and I got I got something up my sleeve for you today. Normally, you know, we'll run through the futures, but I said, you know what? We need something special on a day like today. It's CPI day. You know what? We need a special guest. We need a calming voice through all the madness in the market. And I thought, what other than common voice? Than Anne Marie Band. So give us a good uh, welcoming chat. Give us a thumbs up. Get us started the right way. And let's bring on Anne Marie Band. How are we doing Special today? Guest host. Hey guys, glad to be here. I've missed you guys. It's good we to see you. We missed you too. I do need Anne Marie's calming voice because I'm always hyper on this day. Obviously, nerves, butterflies ahead of the 830 number. But Anne Marie's going to stay with us and calm us through these reports so we can calmly trade these crazy numbers. The voice of reason. The chat knows there it best. Go. There you go. We sometimes need it, especially on a morning like we today. We need it all the time. We got a lot to talk about. We'll definitely take a look. Overnight action has us slightly up. We're up on the S&P uh, SPY at 401.47 right now. And, I mean, this is going to be all really dependent on what happens uh, today, CPI. Yesterday at around 3 p.m., we started really getting a nice little push up. Really from around 12, we just started trending towards the upside. What did you see maybe in some overnight action? Anything out there, Dennis? Chop. We're just seeing chop, and we're seeing chop ahead of it, too. Oil continues to, not oil yeah. itself, but the oil stocks continue to uh, show strength. They were showing some strength mm-hmm. yesterday. That strength does continue here this morning, obviously, with the USO trading. A little bit higher, but again, it's the oil stocks that are trading higher. There's been this separation lately between the oil and the oil stocks. But really, you know, everything is going to change here in 16 minutes or 26 minutes. So it's hard to just come in here and say, wow, you know, we're liking this or we're not liking this. I'm like right now, I'm just waiting till 830 number to get my bearings here. Anne-Marie, what are you looking at? You know, I feel the same way. Um, The market feels so jittery. I feel traders are just at the ready to hit the exit doors at any time or bust in the doors because they don't want to miss the party. So it really, I've been sitting on my hands a lot, being very selective in my trading. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult, especially in a time like this, when we do get moves like we did yesterday, it seemed like, you know, at least from 3 p.m., it was a big push up. And I've been seeing a lot of this kind of pattern lately where it's later in the day trades towards 3 p.m., towards 4, we get this nice little move. And that's why even myself as a day trader, majority of the times I'm, you know, out of the market by, you know, let's say midday. But even I'm starting to notice that maybe that power hour is starting to get a little bit interesting. I'm going to start focusing a little bit more and seeing what kind of action we're seeing later in the day. Um, Dennis, do you ever kind of take a look at that uh, that hour from three to four? Yeah, well, you know my hours of trading. I don't trade yeah. in the middle of the day. So that's what I'm coming back is three o'clock because middle of the day is chop hour. I'm an inefficiency trader. The markets are very efficient in the middle of the day. I'm also a news trader. You don't have a lot of news typically coming out unless it's a Fed day. You don't have a lot of news at one o'clock in the middle of the day. So a lot of high frequency traders just chopping around there. So I take those hours off middle of the day, 11 to two. I haven't traded those hours for years other than on the Fed days, which I would come in because there's going to be some significant new 
information coming into the market. So yeah, the three to four, there's you know a lot of money to be made, especially I'm focused on, you know, my focus is the open and the close. So yeah. you do get these, you know, obviously imbalances coming in the push stocks around lots of different information there. But I mean, three to four, there's some good opportunities at the open, at the close. I just feel like midday, it's always kind of a challenging, a little bit more challenging. Anne-Marie, where do you focus your trading? What hours? Sorry. No problem. <laughs> no worries. I, I got so excited to answer Dennis. I just pulled out my earbud. Um, I had that happen to me. I got on CNBC <laughs> about 12 years ago, and I had my ear my earpiece fall out on the floor. And I couldn't hear the question. I look up and I just look like a deer caught in the headlights. And like, gibberish. And I never really got invited back after that. They never so, brought him back. The end. They never that brought the him end. back. They never gave me a second chance. So we, we're going to invite you back. We'll forgive you on the earpiece. Yeah, it's not your thanks. fault. That happens. I appreciate it. You know, I've been focusing a lot on um, how gamma flow is being affected only with watching where the puts and calls for zero DTEs are moving. So with SPY, we're seeing so much more volume in the calls and the puts, really three strikes at the money and two out of the money, sometimes three out of the money in a SPY on the put side and the call side, and they start filling up. And when they get to a space where the put call is about you know, any more than 1.2, 1.3, I know we're going to have a drive up into the close because everybody's going to end up covering. And so it's been a really great look on the chains. If you can start staring them down and see where they fill in, you get a lot of info. And so for the afternoon pushes, that's really what I've been watching. Love that. Love that. And definitely using more of a non-discretionary outlook there and uh, specific numbers to look for. That's always great to have that. And definitely we'll get into some trading action. Let's take a look at what's going out in the market. Of course, uh, I know Anne-Marie banned for the money ball approach, but we won't get into that. That's for uh, boot camps. You guys got to catch that. All right, let's get into today. Of course, uh, the first news that was out overnight that it seemed like everyone wanted to talk about on Twitter was the FTX founder, uh, Sam, finally arrested in the Bahamas. Um, so, of course, it's not too much to talk about that situation. The only thing that I would bring up about that situation is Binance said on Tuesday that it's pausing its withdrawals of stablecoin USDC while it carries out a token swap. They did state that, of course, that this wasn't, you know, because of any kind of liquidity issues. But of course, I think that whenever you're hearing mentions of any type of withdrawals being held right now, it yeah, just shows me the uncertainty everyone. in cryptocurrency and how investors are more than willing to take that money out of platforms right now. So if there's one thing that it, this catalyst is telling me, the withdrawals are still happening. Investors are still uncertain. It spooks everyone when you can't take your money out or you can't get your money out. But, yeah. I mean, this was inevitable, wasn't it, that he was going to get arrested? I mean, is this shocking to anyone here? I I mean, with everything that's happened and all the money that's been lost, there was no way he wasn't getting arrested. I'm, you know, you talk if you think you had a bad month, this guy went from a wealth of $16 billion to, he says, hundred grand to now being arrested i mean talk about going from the top of the mountain to you know the valley the deepest valley ever yeah. so it's been a tough month for sbf but obviously it sounds like it's deserved and marie what are your thoughts on this whole crypto you know sbf saga here and then we'll move on well you know the the short thing is uh i was really hoping for officials to do something that would restore some faith yeah, I think the common individual that isn't sitting in the power towers, as it were, we sit back a lot and we go, wow, that's another one skates through without any recrimination whatsoever. And so I was hoping for that to happen. And, you know, here's the thing, I'm not a fan of the crypto environment, but if they just actually followed rules, he's not in trouble for because crypto is bad he's in trouble because he stole 
funds of his customers. And mm-hmm. of course that filters in, but it filters in because we really don't have real process controls in a lot of places and people just are way into the cult of personality, right? Let's talk to this guy about doing a billion dollar deal while he plays a video game. Yeah. Ooh, that's cool. That's amazing. That's whatever. We're all getting sucked into these cults of personality. And so I'm happy to see it happen. Um, I think there are benefits to blockchain. Maybe this is a good thing that settles everything out. But, you know, my Twitter handle, then my name says I won't DM you for crypto. So, you know, I'm not in the space, but that's really it. I'm watching it. At the end of the day, the fact that uh, BlackRock, BlackRock, Blackstone, excuse me, Blackstone stopped uh, their um, redemptions is far more troubling and with far greater reach than anything that might have happened in the crypto space, right? Because this is a multi-trillion dollar environment. I mean, nobody is talking about it either, you know, that we, you know, held off redemptions and, you know, Kramer tried to come on Mad Money. I don't know if, you know, somebody was wanting him to run that segment, but trying to basically just calm everybody down and say, you know, this is just normal course here where sometimes when the redemptions get too heavy, they have to delay them for a quarter. I've never heard of that, Amory. I mean, Kramer no, tried to pass this off that this was normal. I was like, this does not sound normal to me. This yeah, sounds yeah. like there's a potential issue here. So yeah. scare, scary, in my, from my perspective, you know, that is, you know, concerning to me. It makes, you know, you wouldn't want to see a run on some of these other products, you know, where p- investors all of a sudden realize, hey, maybe these things that, you know, are supposed to be really liquid aren't as liquid you know, in a sudden demand liquidity crunch as they claim to be. So I don't, I hope there's not going to be more issues like that with, you know, obviously maybe it's just isolated, you know, to Blackstone here, but mm-hmm. it, it makes me skeptical that some of these illiquid investments, you know, if somebody wants liquidity fast, it's not that easy. Yeah, exactly. Private equity is great until it's not. And as far as the redemptions go, you know, I was in a private equity group with Carlisle for several years into the financial crisis, and they had the same problems, but they told you when you scratched on the dotted line and said you were getting involved, they said, listen, you can ask for redemption, but it could be 120 days before we get it back to you. So just realize that that's the situation. And so it's great until it isn't. And then when Blackstone comes out out of the blue and says, hey, we're stopping redemptions, you know that markets are a little bit nervous and private equity isn't really something that a lot of us engage in. Most of us do sit in the regular markets. And so this is hitting a group that really, it's, it had my eyes looking at it for quite some time all right let's keep moving we're going to get into the stock action like always we we like to touch at least a little bit of cryptocurrency especially when it's pertained and could leak into different stocks that's why we brought up blackstone and different areas of course we've been watching how kind of the cryptocurrency stocks have been trading just shows me more and more the uncertainty out there let's move forward let's get towards now moderna and merck announcing an mRNA uh, investigational uh, personalized mRNA cancer vaccine in combination with uh, Keytura uh, met primary effectancy endpoint of phase 2B. So let's go to there, Merck and uh, Moderna getting some lift here. And I will say, I was talking about Moderna yesterday. I tried to get in there yesterday. I actually got stopped out in that move, man. The I got dips get bought on these stocks. Yeah, they so got fast. So got fast. Up, Drug but. stocks, healthcare stocks are still the place you want to be. Again, my only concern with Moderna, and I've said it before, is I don't know if the gravy train from all the COVID shots is going to continue as much. So you got to be a little bit careful with the P, but I'm not going to challenge the management of this company, which has gotten everything absolutely right. They got the vaccines out there fast. They're coming up with new stuff. I mean, now you're talking about deals with Keytruda, 
and you know working on you know they've worked on so many different things from the flu vaccines to cancer drugs i mean the management of this company is just firing on all cylinders the only reason that i stay out is that i'm concerned that you know the the booster shots aren't going to be as as much of a gravy trade as they were in the past but i tell you this is a well-run company what are your thoughts on moderna technically here Anne marie um technically or fundamentally yeah well you know i think there's i feel like there's a lot of charts that are really sitting in a very wide range and so just as quickly as moving out we get to move back in so if we if we just take a look at everything we can see we're really just ranging and on those spaces yeah exactly we're moving up at the top of the range down at the bottom and if we have the presence of mind to go wait a second did i just break out of a short-term base that i can just power up and go into the next level absolutely you take it and then you're gone i'm seeing a lot of trading just uh moving in and moving out breakouts not holding breakdowns not holding and that to me is a tendency of the general uh what i would consider a general bear market and so that that really is what i'm looking at from a technical perspective i'm just trying to get in and see if i can find those stable events and then see where the next leadership is coming from for when we get out of this mess i really have been scouring environments for that I agree with that. It's very difficult to find stocks in trend. And when they are in trend, they don't seem to last long. You can see it there on Moderna's chart. It was going up here a couple of days, couple of days, and then boom, we get this long period of sideways action, almost like a month of sideways action. So we got to be careful in those definitely those sideways periods right now, consolidation. Uh, Bear markets aren't the best to trend trade. And I think Dennis has been trying to tell us that all year long. What's been a contrarian market? I mean, 2022 again has been, if you've been buying dips, selling rips, shorting rips, buying dips, I mean, that is what has paid the bills here. Everybody was giving me heat there because I was saying, oh, you know, coming to back, um, you know, three days ago where the market dipped and then it dipped again. They're like, well, where are the dip buyers? Don't they merge here, you know, in the last couple of days here and we bring us right back up into range here again. So, I mean, it seems like we moved 50, 80, 100 points in one direction. Then we come back and we just come back in the other direction. Now, again, the CPI number, you could see some follow through here because I think everybody's sitting, you know, and waiting to see if it's hot or not. But I mean, you look here, it's been difficult market to chase in Anne Marie, and it's a bit of difficult market to be a momentum trader. 100%. One of the toughest markets I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's not easy. I don't think it's ever easy, though. But let's keep going. Let's get into Oracle now. They released some numbers here. And also uh, Piper Sandler uh, maintaining neutral on Oracle, raising price target to 85. So I'll bring that up. Let's take a look at the chart. EPS at $1.21 beat the $1.18 estimate. Sales at $12.3 billion beat the $12.04 billion estimate. Let's see. What happens now in Oracle? Is this a stock to be looking for? What do you guys feel? I'll let you take this one, Anne-Marie. You know, um, Oracle's been one of those grinding. If you if you think Oracle's uh, a company that's worth holding, it's something that when you see a big dip, you pick some up. And so from- True, so uh, true. From a big picture perspective, they sit on the floor and spine of just about every Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 company. And so they're, they're here to stay. The problem is they're, they're never going to be your 10-bagger. They're never going to be your 5-bagger. But what they will be is stable. Now, what I haven't looked at is what they're um, – are they a dividend stock? A little one, a 1.53%. <clears throat> so, you okay. know, little dividend, not, nothing Right, great. so not not great, but no. there. I don't normally touch big monsters like this until I see them come down into some kind of uh, yearly low or quarterly low. And then I'll say, you know what, this is a good place to stage something where we can have a little bit of a lift and a move forward. I like it overall, but again, 
We're up at levels where the only people that have come in are sellers. And so there's still a lot to be told from the storyboard. I think your analysis is spot on on this is one that if you do buy on dips, it seems like, I don't know if it's just my selective perception or not, but it seems like Oracle's a stock that, you know, misses earnings, goes down 10%. And then you look at it two months later and it's just come right back up. Exactly. It's like the stock that you're just buying on dips and it just continues to come back and outperform. Obviously, you know, we're still down from the highs, but when you really consider what's happened to some stocks in 2022, you're only talking about stocks 25 points off the highs. So a lot of other tech stocks have really been hit hard. And it is a lower PE as well. So it does have that going for it, where some of these other nosebleed stocks, you know, haven't found any support anywhere because the value investors stay away. Value investors do come into Oracle at certain prices there. I was on this stock for the better part of a decade. I am out of it now, but it's one that if it gets back down, I'd think about buying it again. Yeah, same. All right, we'll keep moving from Oracle. We'll go to United Airlines. Of course, this is one of the headlines that, just to kind of state, I mean, Reuters was stating this last week on this headline. Let's go to UAL and BA. Boeing's the first one we'll take a look at. Uh, United Airlines announced 200 jet order that includes 100 787 Dreamliners and 100 737 Max jets. Of course, these will replace some of the other planes. Approximately 100 planes of the new wide body order are expected to replace Boeing 767s and Boeing 777s. Uh, This will give an expected uh, decrease in 2030 of 25% to carbon emissions. Uh, not a bad move here in Boeing. What do you guys feel about Boeing and United Airlines? Well, to your point, Mitch, you talked about this on your show. And the second thing was, is that yeah. we knew about this order. They yeah. talked about this on Friday, that they were going to announce a big order with mm-hmm. UAL. It's how dumb this market is. And it's like the news comes out and they're like, oh, my goodness, there's a big order from Boeing. I mean, they told us this order was coming on the media. It was sent on CBC, sent in multiple media sources. We knew this order was coming. I cannot believe that the market is this, you know, just ignorant to ignore it. And then they actually buy it up here again. So I don't know. I would be ringing the register ahead of this 830 number because we already knew this information. Now it runs another 2% on it. But this isn't new information. They said this last week. This is probably why the stock was up on yesterday. Because they knew this information was coming. And now they rally it again. So they nope. buy it on the rumor and they buy it on the news. I think it's a chance to ring the register. Again, everything changes with CPI in six minutes. But mm-hmm. if I was sitting on this nice little 10-point move in the last two days, I wouldn't want to hold it through a CPI report. Absolutely. And a lot of algorithmic trading is going on right here, right? They're, they're news algorithms and they pop it out and they go, Let's run it up the flagpole, which opens up the next algorithm group that says, all right, let's see what buying increases over the next 30 seconds. And so I do believe that there's a lot of automatic trading that these desks, the, the, the big corporations that have trading desks, we're going to yeah. see a, a lot of that coming in in the next quarter for them making money on these algorithmic trades. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is... You know, the, 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 the stock market is run by high-frequency traders. Yep. I mean, they keep it efficient. They do have, you know, there are your market makers. They do keep it, keep it efficient. But, I mean, that's everywhere, you know. And I think there's a lot of other things that go on on the desk, too. I don't know if it's, like, necessarily manipulative activity or not, but they will push stocks around. Don't yep. kid yourself. There For is sure. pushing stocks around, especially, and I've always said this, and I think it's the hedge funds even more than the high-frequency traders. Yep. Some of the hedge funds, they get the big money. And there's a report and they're wishy-washy and they don't know, you know, the market's like, oh, is it good or is it bad? Well, those hedge funds, and Joel's talked about this back in the day from the 80s too, those hedge funds that are along this stock, it's like, I'll show you, it's a good report. And then they start buying it up. Exactly. And for a couple thousand shares, pushing it higher, everybody's like, oh, look, it's a good report. So exactly. they can make the price discovery happen and push yeah. the yeah. price in their own direction. And that's the big hedge funds, not so much the high-frequency traders doing that. But, you know, they're all algorithmic too. Don't yeah. kid yourself. There's a lot of people pushing price around in yeah. this market. Especially with limited liquidity like we have right now. Yeah. <coughs> Definitely it's limited yeah. liquidity. When liquidity is down, that's when they push price. I mean, yeah. it's the whole argument that I've argued for years on the S&P futures. I mean, they get pushed around between the hours of 8 p.m. 
and 4 a.m. One, because the stocks are closed, so you don't have that fungibility there anymore. So it gets thinner. So, yeah. and if you want to push the price higher, you're going to push it in the wee hours of the night when there's not that much liquidity exactly. out there. Exactly. Why do you think over the last 35 years we've seen, you know, the returns, overnight returns, so much better than the intraday returns because the liquidity is so much less? And that's where you can really push price around. And Marie's bringing up some very good points here this morning. But here we are. We're three minutes away. Money Mitch has just been, he's gone. He's gone to trade the report. I think he left me and you here. But this is getting wild here. This is absolutely wild right now. We're looking at the chop on the S&P. We are already, you know, one, two points wide here. We haven't even started very, 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 very uh, choppy you, you, you think they jump in the gun? Holy <laughs> macro. We just jumped up to up 1%. Now we're like barely, uh, or, 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 or we dropped a quarter of a percent here just as I'm talking. Yeah, um, I'll give the really at least the here. estimates here just so we can get yeah. way ahead of it and then we can have some conversation. Dennis will be out right towards the I'm actually gonna hits. take off. That's why we've got Anne Marie here. No I'm gonna worries. take off pretty much right now because mm -hmm. I don't want to get run over here. But I will be back as soon as I possibly can. But Anne Marie is gonna be helping you guys out here, so you guys are gonna be good. No worries. We're going to go ahead and take it here. Uh, so I'll go give the estimates here. Core CPI month over month. Uh, November is estimated at 0 0.3. Prior was 0 0.3. Where the numbers really kind of change is when we're looking at the year over year number, right? So prior was 7.7. .7. The estimate this time is 7.3. What do we want to see? What do we don't want to see? What's going to be hot? What would be considered more light here, right? So of course, what we don't want to see is a number closer towards that 7.7, .7, right? Last time we went from 8.1 to that 7.7. .7, so definitely anything towards 7.7 .7 would not be a good outlook for, of course, the bulls. That'd be probably downside action. Now, if we come in, let's say maybe 7.1 or even into the six handle, that I think would be definitely good for the markets. And we could see that upside breakout. Of course, we need to continue watch to see when the report comes out and not overreacting. There's one thing that I have seen in these CPI reports as of late is that the algos pick it up really quickly. But remember, good news, bad news, bad news, good news. I think that this is when the algos struggle a little bit to understand what really is the number and is it good or bad for us. So let's also take into that account as we get the spread to spread out and we get the numbers to hit. It could be a quick up reaction followed by that sweeping down reaction. So just want to put that out there. You guys make your own investment decisions. I know I don't trade around these numbers. I usually like to just be neutral. And if I do got positions, I usually uh, make sure that I'm paying attention to like swing trades and things like that. But it's hard when you run into numbers like this because like always, the market can start driving all the stocks, right? And so it's hard to take a, a trade, especially a swing trade on a day like today, where you're getting some CPI numbers in the morning and it could shake up any type of bullish pattern or bearish pattern for that sense and could turn things back around. Um, what are you expecting here? Anne? And you don't have to give a uh, hot or light, but what is situational thinking for you here for hot or cold? Um, well, you know, I don't normally think about whether the number's hot or cold. Mm -hmm. I am concerned about based on positioning. Whoa, that it just popped yep, out. We're just getting a little pop here towards 414. It looks like it's light, of course. I'll wait to actually have the exact the number, number here. Holy smokes. Dollar just fell off a cliff. That's a good that's a good sign when the dollar's falling off the cliff, right? TLT's on the rise. All right, I, mean, I have rose uh, month over month 0 0.1, year over year uh 7.1. So that's not looking too bad. That's the last 12 months um at least uh, 7.1 uh lower than the estimate, right? 7.1 we didn't get into the 6 handle, but we're getting inflation coming down there. The month over month reading was 0.1. So that's lower than the estimate there. Now I'm looking for core CPI numbers. I want to see what's going on in our core CPI. Uh, estimate was 0 
Let's go and take a look here. And then, of course, I'll actually pull up the report. I always like actually pulling up the report because mm -hmm. that's going to help us uh, see what is actually changing in inflation, right? Where did we get some downturn? I'm looking through the report right now just to take a quick outlook here. One thing I can see is gas pipe service coming down. Of course, remember back in September, we had a spike there, and that was the concern with natural gas and electricity was going up. Now we got a, a negative downturn there in electricity. That's a good outlook there. Fuel did get a little bit of a push up, but not nowhere near as last month's. We got 1.7 there, seasonally changed from October's 19.8. So that's not too bad there. Doesn't look as bad as we expect. And then, of course, what is the biggest and most uh, kind of component in the CPI is going to be looking into the shelter, right, and the rent. How is that looking? Well, we actually went down. We didn't get into the negatives, but we went from 0.8 to 0.6 in shelter. That's not the worst outlook there. We're getting the SPY to push here towards 414, high on the one minute right now at 414.14. Let's uh, work these uh, core numbers in here. Year over year for core is at 6% versus 6.1% estimate. So lower there. Seems like all numbers coming in lower Month over month for core was at 0 0.2 versus 0 0.3. All numbers pointing in the right direction for the bulls here. And what does this tell us? Well, this puts, from my perspective, 50 basis points tomorrow. At least that's what I would be thinking here is 50 basis points. Now I really think 75 is off the table as they're starting to see inflation heading in the direction. And if anything, I expect to see Jerome Powell giving himself a good pat on the back tomorrow in the conference. As, yeah, some could say it's not that the Fed has caused this to come down. It could be, you know, oil prices coming down. That's definitely helping out. But inflation showing signs of weakening here. And I mean, that overall, I think that's good for everybody, right? I don't think we all want inflation higher. We've all had... Uh, a good, you know, like two years now of inflation period. So it's it's very difficult to continue this, but it looks like the Fed's initiative of trying to get inflation down is heading in the right direction. What do you think here, Anne-Marie? What's your first reactions? You know, um, I think the market is uh, overreacting to just about everything. Yeah. And... Uh, Nick Timrose, who is the uh, Wall Street Journal reporter that has sort of the inside track, he's got the red bat phone uh, to the, the Powell uh, group. Mm -hmm. And they did come out and say, hey, listen, you know, we're going to only do 50 basis points. And yeah. so that's sort of baked in by these numbers for sure. The question is, do we have... What, what are we actually bouncing off of? Is it based on what's happening with the job market and, and all of those different things? Is it good that we're still raising? And the fact that we're bouncing, and as you mentioned uh, a little bit before, we're really close to, we talked about these, these levels, we're really close to um, some old highs mm -hmm. and we've run right up the chain with uh, interest rates. So the question might be, well, sure, we're bouncing, but are we really, should be really, should we be really cheering another 50 basis point rise from an interest rate perspective? So I don't want to get really macro because that's not no. so much our game here. Mm -hmm. But the question to me is, I love this channel that you've got right here. Yeah. The question to me is, what's likely in the current environment? We talked earlier earlier about you getting your CMT certifications and talking being talking about being adaptive in these yeah. formations. And here we are bouncing right into a channel and immediately coming off of those prior highs, right? I mean, the second we hit it, nothing but sellers waiting there on that first bar. And then now we've got the second bar dipping back into the channel. My thought is we pull back a little bit and then we try to grind up. It's very obvious that we're making higher lows, mm -hmm. but don't 
expect in this environment for bounce action to hold and completely write up. And that's the problem that I think a lot of us that are newer traders, we get very much uh, caught up in the tight time frames and the tight candlesticks and yeah. saying, hey, I don't want to miss out. And in the end, what we have to do is say, okay, I don't want to miss out. That's an adventure, but at what risk, right? Like if you love skydiving and somebody goes, hey, the plane's going up now. And you go, I haven't had a lesson. I don't know anything about this, this pack. I, don't, I haven't, I haven't folded. I haven't learned how to fold my, uh, my chute. I'm going to go. I'll just borrow this chute from Joe, anybody. And you hop in there, things could end badly. I mean, it could be hair, teeth and eyeballs. And so really the big thing to, to think about is, okay, if we're spiking up, what should hold and then what should fade? And when we're looking at something like this and immediately right off the number, we start seeing these red candlesticks just pulling back in. The question then becomes, okay, where did everybody say, okay, this is a good price? And it might be that cluster in the early part of uh, the morning slash day where we see all the price action holding down at that base, mm -hmm. right? Just don't rush in because you're afraid. The great thing about this market is if you like to second guess yourself and you understand market flow, support and resistance, the market gives you time to get in. A lot of the times we get those throwback looks, right? Where we get through resistance and then it comes right back to that level. Yes. And so a lot of times you want to be looking for those opportunities. If you're more of a patient trader looking for the move, and looking for those opportunities on the pullbacks. A lot of times we do get that second opportunity to get in either very near that break spot or just slightly above it. And so I, I always think that's always a, a good outlook there. And understanding that maybe like some traders, they take half position sizing exactly. on those breaks. And then they look for the throwbacks to really hold. And then they're like, well, there you go. Now I'm getting more confirmation we went through that little pullback and now we're continuing the momentum in the right direction, which is what we're looking for. SPY definitely gave that little spike. I think an important level to look for is going to be definitely the 410 level here yeah. from Thursday's December 1st. That hit right on the kisser, 410 there. So let's like take a look to see if we can get above that level. You can see we got above that on the first initial reaction. A lot of the times that could be an overreaction. Now we'll look to see how the uh, pricing arbitrage really kind of takes uh, place here. There's usually that first spike, right? That's like the, just the momentum. And then, of course, everyone tries to kind of play in here and try to call the price that they feel is the better price, the arbitrage price here. Let's see if it can get back above the 410. That's definitely something to watch. Let's take a look at some of the sectors out there because I wanted to take yeah. a look like maybe yeah. XLF see how this is reacting because I did see um, some financials pulling back as of recent. And then I wanted to see if they were going to be able to catch bid again. Um, stocks like Goldman Sachs had pulled back, right? Um, you guys can see this. I'll pull up the daily chart here. Um, so you guys can see that pullback. I was looking to see if we were going to hold into this gap. We actually went back. We filled it in there. Now we're starting to curve back on, on this chart. So this is kind of one of those that I'll keep in mind. Of course, if we're going to get into recession, some people probably will get concerned about the banks, but they have been strong. I mean, we did get this nice big run up. Now we just need to see if it's going to continue a push into today. I'll be watching some banks. Uh, I know JPM, very similar. This one at least didn't come down as much as Goldman Sachs. So you can see a little bit more relative strength here. And JP Morgan, um, we'll see if we can get this back through maybe 137. Uh, let's go towards the 15 minutes so you guys can see that just spiked there through 136. Kind of a little push here towards 137 is what I'll be looking for today. How do you feel about banks overall? Well, my opinion of banks is that they're going to be a little mixed. I know the, the storyboard is normally, hey, when interest rates rise, banks have more opportunity to make money. And that mm -hmm. is usually correct, except for the fact that um, the FOMC is not allowing 
banks to carry as much treasuries on their balance sheet, which they can use as cash. So they're really not able to loan as much as they would normally want to loan because that number is getting smaller. So there's a, a little bit of a mishmash. Uh, the banks that have trading desks and um, are able to, to participate in the market on a, a different event are, are probably going to do better. And JP Morgan has really had the inside track. They've really sort of become the darling of the street. And in my mind, they've stepped over Goldman from that perspective. I think um, Jamie Dimon has done a good job of, of uh, talking his book in the right way to bring people um, that sense of confidence. And really that's why mm -hmm. these, these prices go up is because people are confident that it's going to do more. But again, we're sitting at a region where in the past sellers have come in. And so what we have to do is be very careful and say, really, is this an actual reason that we can buy and maybe hold on for a longer cycle? My thought is not not quite yet. I don't I don't love the financials right now. At the okay, end of let's, the day, let's take a look at some others that should be maybe getting a little bit of a lift with the dollar coming down fast, right? That can definitely yeah. affect certain stocks. Smashed. Let's we'll take a look. Maybe it's a silver trade. I know silver has been performing pretty well against gold yeah. um, in this environment, and we're seeing it already. This is the daily setup, right? It looks to me like we have a little bit of a daily flag here. Yeah, uh, breakout. Very that. nice. Nice little breakout trying to come back towards the highs. Of course, we can take a look at the highs candle there. 1750s is kind of the area that it could be getting to. Let's go towards the 15 minute. You guys can see that starting to push out of that kind of channel. Now trying to get towards the new highs here, 715 acting as a little bit of resistance right now. We'll see if this can continue to push. Uh, stocks like this, I'll definitely keep on my radar today. Um, there's other silver stocks, right? I'll run you through really quickly their daily charts so you guys can take a look at and see how they're all kind of setting up. Look at this AG yeah, trying to get towards 950. Uh, Mag doesn't look like the best. There's some here that are cheap you know silver names aren't the most expensive names and of course you could also just look at slv right if you wanted to be kind of more in an etf silver trust here uh the iShare one looking like it wants yeah, to get towards 22. Hot. yep that's really yep. all the basic materials i love i love basic materials right now i think mm -hmm. basic materials uh healthcare, some very good biotechs um you know my thought has been if you're looking for all right, I like to trade a little bit, but I would love to find something that will run a bit. I would say, look at where government is going to put its money. It's going to mm -hmm. put its money in healthcare, um, and so those guys are going to keep going. It's going to put their money in supporting healthcare plans. It's going to put they're going to put their money in defense. They're going to put their money in. Um, basic materials are going to get driven by all of those things. And so that's really, I love the basic materials sector. I'm really looking for strength in those spaces and then staying on top of the healthcare thing. A lot of companies have been doing really well because they've been working on different things like diabetes and Alzheimer's and we are an aging economy and you know, those are going to be the things that are going to hold after they continue. Um, after we settle out, they're going to continue to rise. Yeah, definitely. There's some uh, gold moving up. Definitely take your look maybe at a GLD. This one looks like a nice uh, setup also on the daily. Starting to get through that December 1st high. That's uh, 1734. We're at 1731 right now on that GLD. We'll see if that can continue pushing. Catching up with the chat, I said it uh, looks like they're calling out 410. Uh, close there on the SPY. We're getting really close. You see how we kind of put a little bit of a uh, high here. It went to 410.27. Let's see if we can start closing above 410 on the one minutes and not just rejecting off of it like we kind of just did right now. We'll see if this candle can close above that 410. That's why I always look for those close, man. Those Yeah. I have a Critical. little saying that I've been that I've been living by uh, tricks. Uh, wicks are tricks. 
Wicks are tricks because, man. Love it. Those wicks, they get you. They get they you a lot. Do. They do. Yeah. And especially when you're really tight and tight on your risk and reward, that's when I've seen it the most, right? And you just get yep. stopped out, boom, and then the trade goes in your direction. That's the hard part of trading and understanding how to deal with the volatility, especially in this market. Now, um, one area that we have been looking at is like a cold trade. So we'll look to see if this can get yeah. hot again. Peabody's been the one that I've been uh, kind Good of just company. slowly following. I like when it trends. When it trends, it has a tendency of giving us, you know, maybe two, three days in direction. And so that's a good outlook too there. Um, it's a tough kind of uh, intraday trader. It does have a, a tendency to drop back a lot of the times to hourly supports. But we're going to look to see if this can catch now a daily support around the 2724 area. Yesterday, 2709, right around that level. I'll look to see if it can bounce back into the 30. 30 is such an important price point for BTU to start getting above. You can see it here on the right-hand side too from like the monthlies. Can we get? Can we hold this pullback, right? Can we yep. make a nice little inside move, then get back towards that big candle that we had in November? High there was 32.89. All right, we'll take a look at some other areas to take a watch. Uh, industrials have been an area that I've seen slowly get up there. Yeah. Yesterday, it pulled back a little bit. Towards the close, it started pushing, of course, with that nice run. This is an area that I feel a lot of traders are just missing out on opportunities. How do you feel about industrials? I love the industrials. I mean, at the end of the day, if we are going to move, we have a little bit of a, a disconnect, right? We want to move to alternative energies, but right now, industrial machinery is the only way that's going to help us get those metals and elements out of the ground, and they use a lot of diesel fuel. And so... By nature, I believe these guys are just going to start to continue to grind to the north. Again, because I believe intrinsically we're in a bearish environment, let's just wait for these dips where they come back into monthly levels that we really like and say, you know what, I'm going to nibble. This is not the environment where you can go, I'm going to go out and make ton of money in a short period of time unless you are opening yourself to an unbelievable amount of risk. And for somebody like me that's been around for a couple of decades, <laughs> it's really important to manage that risk because it'll keep you around a lot longer. Nope. And I, I think this is an important uh, kind of area to watch because a lot of these have those low PEs, right? And these are companies that have cash flow. I don't think Absolutely. we're seeing, you know, deer or cat disappear anytime soon. Nope. Um, and so when we're looking at environments like this, we also got to be thinking about companies like this, that we aren't going to be, ain't going to be the most sexy name. And I'll say it like that. But at the same time, seems like they've been doing really well, uh, especially in the last kind of two or three months. Deer is, I feel, you know, has gone way too far even uh, but like a caterpillar has just been playing catch up, right? Well, yeah, that's that's been doing pretty well. Picard yeah. is another name that lagged even further behind on on that move and has made a nice monthly move. I mean, when you think about it, that's a it's a pretty good looking monthly candle two yeah. two monthly bars, strong bars to the upside and capturing all that wick action that you had over here where prices couldn't hold yeah, in the 90s. Now you're really holding it. And if anything, you held that 100 pullback. Low right now in the month is 99.95, holding pretty well. We'll see what happens on names in the industrial area, especially farm and heavy construction. But we've seen also the defense area, right? Aerospace defense continue to do well, like LMT. I think this is even setting up for another yeah. move, maybe for 500. Yeah. Uh, nice little inside candles style, little wick here on the monthlies. Let's see if we can get back into the 500. We did have a high on the second of 498.95, Lockheed Martin. He could Halliburton for me. Yeah, let's take a look at a little bit of the oil game. Let's take this has been one that, um, especially when Slumberjay broke out, that's when Halliburton really started making a move. Um, what do you see on this chart now? Well, here's the interesting thing <clears throat> Halliburton is actually going to be able to benefit from defense contracts <clears throat> as well mm. as Slumberjay for sure. Yeah, it's not a, a real strong part of their 
uh, core, but I, I believe that Halbert is going to be something to watch. And I love the fact that it's had a pullback. I'd love for it to pull back into the, hmm, I don't know, maybe the 31-ish area down with the, the last uh, lower, higher low, excuse me, lower high, way back, you just, it went behind you. Yeah, yeah. right around there, that break area, and it's come into the zone. My suspicion is it might chop around there, but I do like it from that perspective because money is going to get thrown into the fence space. I don't know if you've seen how much money has been um, moved to defense, particularly yeah. as we help Ukraine. Those things, I mean, that's going to show up in their bottom line. It absolutely is. And it's not going to matter their earnings per share in terms of, well, here are all our contracts. I mean, the government's going to pay whatever to yep. get this stuff going. So I, I really, I like that space. Unfortunately, I know I always end up sounding like the wet blanket in the group, but <clears throat> I, I do see a trudging towards a building of defense and more things around the defense sectors as time marches on. Definitely. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. And we've been seeing these companies continue their strength. We'll see if they can continue making moves. Um, even like a Honeywell has been doing yep. really well. Yep. A yep. GE that no one talks about anymore. No one even brings it up. But look <clears> at <throat> how that move was. That was a really nice move. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. Really absolutely. nice move. We're watching bottom pickers come into the market. Yeah. We really are. You know, so if we have, let's say we've got eight more months left in, in this bearish environment, you can see a lot of stocks basing, just mm -hmm. coming off the bottom and come back down and holding the floor and holding the floor. You know, a great search might be, hey, uh, give me stocks that, have more than a, a million shares and are above their 20-day low. And you're going to end up seeing a ton of these, and you just look for it on the monthly area that goes, all right, are they holding the floor? And you can see institutional buying that way. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And the monthly candle is such an advantage when you're yeah. using stocks like this where it's not the growth name, right? If it was yes. a growth name, then I wouldn't – maybe even look at that monthly chart because it's going to have that really high volatility. The beta will be too high for it to kind of hold those trends. But a name like these that are in the industrials, they have a little bit lower beta. So they kind of tend to exactly. stick to the trends in this environment. So good names to definitely keep watch. We'll see what happens with these stocks. Let's keep moving. We'll take another little peek into the S&P 500 or the SPY here for me. Uh, looks like we rejected a little bit off of those 410 marks. We've talked about, could we get back to 410? Now we're just hanging out at the 409.60s. Be careful team. It seems like that's acting as resistance right now. Of course, resistance could be resistance until it's broken. But for right now, we got to keep watching. If you look on the right-hand side of this chart, near the spy we're really near those monthly levels too i know joel would want me to point to some of these like uh september's high 411.73 areas like that seem to be holding up right now 410 411s and guess who we have back none other than my man oh, Dennis crazy. what's going on yeah. there was they just bought the hell out of it we knew if it came in late they were going to buy the hell out of it and we talked about the 410 to 420 um stalling at the 410 right where you'd think they'd stall yeah. So, Mitch, I was listening to your technical analysis. Spot on, those two highs. Yeah. I go right back to September. I was thinking the same thing. 411, 73. Mm -hmm. How high did we get the pre-market? Did we, we touch got up to 411? 414. Well, that just got silly. So that's algo silliness. Yeah. Getting just uh, and and kept us in check a little bit. She, she said that we could get that overreaction. It looks it like we got a little got bit that overreaction. overreaction. Yeah. Like the now, 420 is like the rock of Gibraltar up there. It's where yeah. I said I'm going to sell all my stocks. Yeah. So, you know, I have a lot of of, of cash in my portfolio. People are going to be asking, what are you buying today? Absolutely nothing. 
Um, yeah, that's what a lot of people kind of, yeah. that's the mentality. So explain that, Dennis. Why, I was why, buying at 8.30, like, like trying in this day trade, just trying to lift whatever the hell I could. I bought home builders. I'm trying to buy mm -hmm. whatever I can that's interest rate sensitive. I go right to the interest rate stuff. Those yeah. are day trades, though. I'll take those trades off today. So I'm mm -hmm. not putting them on. Now they moved up 4 or 5%. So you just try to lift offers, you know, right on that number. That's the trade, the day trading side. From the investing side here, I think there's room to 420. I do. I've said that before. You set up seasonality. Now you got a light number. There's room there. I think at 420, I think you're getting rid of everything. Like I think you're just, you know, because then you're getting to a point where are we going back to all-time highs? I, I don't yeah. see it anytime in the near future. I do think we're still going to go into a recession. This doesn't change my, my, my thinking that, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be a tougher 2023 for companies. <laughs> but with that being said, great number. I think the bulls got some control here and there is room in the 420. Yeah. The pain trade is definitely North for, for intraday sure. traders and futures yeah. traders. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's been the case. I mean, yeah. You know, you get these dips, but people, you know, and, and myself and Mitch included, I mean, no. we're still sticking, you know, and I'm still sticking with the overall bearish theme overall. Yeah. But yeah. as a trader, I've been saying, you just got to go with what's working. And a short-term trader here, um, you know, the dips bought again ahead of this number. Maybe somebody knew something. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it's shorts covering. Who knows? But wow, you know, they're getting paid here today. With that yeah. being said, we are right at that key resistance point of 410 where we were up to a week ago. So can we breach that? Can we get up through that? Can we make the run for 420? Does this have enough, in, you know, is there enough information here to push the market higher? Or does Fed come out and try to cool the market with the Fed speak? Because there'll be some Fed speak after this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Fed doesn't want a rip-roaring stock market rally here. That's, count, count, that's, that's going counter to what they're trying to, to do. Not that they're trying to knock the stocks down, but they don't want the wealth effect all of a sudden fighting, you know, what they're trying to accomplish by bringing in prices. So I do think that the Fed will try to cool the market a little bit with Fed speak coming up too. That's why if you're selling stocks up here at 410, I won't argue with you. I do think there's room to 420 for the short-term traders. So if I'm long, maybe I'm like holding, you know, for a little bit more here yet, but, you know, burn the hand and this market has really paid. Well, I think that's a great perspective. Now it's time to watch to see what happens towards the intraday. Of course, like we talked about, I think you're in our camp too, Dennis. This puts uh, no 75 on the table tomorrow, uh, more guaranteed the 50 basis points. Um, so it's kind of... I, yeah, I, I the 75 is gone. Yeah, that's that that went out History. the <laughs> So you're 50, then what does he say? Is he say, well, we're still a little bit concerned, you know, wage inflation. I haven't been able to, you know, it's obviously it was trading, so I haven't dug into the, the details of this report here yet. Um, so, you know, obviously maybe sometimes the devil's in the details. But what I will say is, you know, the bots just care about the headline number anyways. They see 7.1 versus 7.3 and it's just green like go. Well, I have to do for the chat and always I did want to throw out a special thank you for Anne-Marie Band joining us the whole show. Can you guys give some love out there? Look at the chat. I told them to throw up ones or Anne for some love and you can see the ones rolling through there. Plenty of people definitely thanking you, thank Anne, for joining us today. Thank you so much, today. everyone. Uh, that's, what, that's what it's all about, definitely here. Uh, we built an amazing uh, community here at Pre-Market Prep, definitely supporting traders to keep pushing forward and helping us, giving her her perspective. And that's what it's all about. Transparency, whether you guys, you know, agree or disagree, that's what it's all about. There's two it's sides exactly to every right. coin. For and sure. we all need to know what's on both sides. Thanks, Anne-Marie. You did a great job here. My Obviously, you know, we always know you have fantastic content. Thanks. You for flatter covering. me, but I take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for covering, you know, me and Joel. You know, we knew we were going to need some help there because I knew I was probably going to go trade the number um so yeah i appreciate it as well um final thoughts Anne marie before we let you go you know what stay frosty and if you're in and you see the market turn in another direction don't be afraid to go hey i'm out of here yeah you know just right. uh capital preservation is very important in this kind of environment yeah and i mean uh, we're getting a lot of that capital back here there's you know some yeah. stocks that are now approaching all-time highs it will be some stocks making new all-time highs here today yeah. i can look at deer approaching all-time highs 
I'm very, very, very nervous to be buying stocks at all-time highs here. I know the momentum traders love, you know, you know, when we're going up and you know making new highs, but I just think like, man, I just you know, with the way interest rates have come up, I've got to think eventually it's going to be less money for you know, and, and maybe that's what's showing yeah. up, and that's why the price demand. So that's not good for yeah. the corporate earnings coming in, you know, January. But we're a month away from that. Good times roll. I think there's room to 420. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just have to see how it feels when we get our uh, property tax bills in the mail. Oh, gosh. With all of this. Uh, Can you imagine? Like, that's yeah. Reevaluating <laughs> that. That's a scary thought. I'm not looking forward to it. No, me and before we let Ann go, where can they keep following, learning more from you? I know that you're doing great stuff here at Benzinga also. So I want to give you also a second to maybe give a little bit of a Thank shout out you. out there. Um, you guys you can so also much. be keeping up with her trading outlooks. She even has a chat on Benzinga Pro. I said yeah. that, her own chat. Check it out, team. It's always fun to stay uh, in tune with Anne-Marie Band. So I'll give you the floor. Uh, anything you want to say, Anne? You know what? Come see me on the Benzinga Pro platform. I'm there for everyone to look at and um, exchange thoughts and ideas and, and uh, show you where trades are in the flow for me in the next few days. And you can also find me on StockTwits and Twitter and ask me questions at thetradingbook.com. Love Thanks, it. Thank gents. you for joining us. Have a good one. We'll have you Take back. Care. Thank you. Good luck. Awesome. Actually, I'll, like I'll stay always. with you for two more minutes here. Then obviously I got to continue on yeah. here. People are asking, what do you do at 8.30 when you leave? Like, what are you doing? I'm just lifting offers. So I'm just literally He's going to work. day trader. <laughs> I'm just buying. Anything I'm short, I'm trying to cover as quickly as I can. You got like, you, you got literally 15 to 30 seconds mm -hmm. where the stocks might lag a little bit, where you're going to get an opportunity. Like I said, I bought some Lennar. Um, I got you. Right uh, now. And I had a little bit going in, but I bought a little bit more. This is not a swing trade, not an investment. That was a short-term day trade. I will sell this today. So I'm not saying you should be buying it up when it's up 4% now. Yeah. But when it's up 1%, you get a number like that or 1.5%. Those are the kind of stocks you want to buy. I was just you know, going through. If I go through my trades you know, right at 830, I'm just trying to lift offers. So just as quickly as I possibly can. You know, It's just going in there um, on anything. You know, I bought like Johnson & Johnson. I wasn't mm -hmm. saying that that's the one, but it was flat. So I'm like, I'm just buying anything at that time. Um, well, finding some, some lagging. Scotia, um, you're, you're looking for lagging action. Is that exactly. what you're looking for, Dennis? Exactly. You know, you're just looking for whatever, whatever you can lift there and, mm -hmm. in, in that time period. And then, and then you're turning around and trying to sell, you know, um, some of the stuff too. So, yeah. I mean, you're just flipping. That's just scalping, short-term scalping. The algos obviously take the majority of it. So I'm basically just fighting for scraps there as the human beings that we are. The algos lift the majority of it, but they're not quick on everything. So there are some opportunities still there on these numbers. Um, and then I'm just flipping around. You know, I'm, I'm selling some stuff, buying some stuff, selling some stuff, buying some stuff. You know, just, you know I made quite a few trades in that 20-minute period there. Um, yeah. So, and that just continues, but that's just, you know, short-term scalping. That's not position trading. That's not like, oh, I think, you know, I'm buying this for the next 10 minutes, but mm -hmm. you know, or, or the next 10 days, I'm buying it for the next 10 minutes, but you know, there's certain sectors that are going to do better than others. Like home builders are going to do well because they're so interest rate sensitive. So, you know, when you see that number light, that's where you want to focus to is kind of those stocks. You know, like I know on the last report when they were up, some of the home builders were up at the end of the day, seven, eight, 10%. You know, some of them are only up 3% right now. Like if I could buy a home builder up 3%, the market's only up 3%. I think that's a pretty decent trade right now because I think the home builder should outperform the market because they're so interest rate sensitive. See the relative valuation call that I'm making there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so you're just trying to trade as quickly as you possibly can. Definitely. And that's what it's all about. I hope that you guys enjoyed all today's action and our show. Definitely give thanks to Anne-Marie and give her a follow. I threw it up in the chat. I uh, threw her Twitter up. I'll throw up one more time. We want to see her get some follows for uh, all the action that she stuck around with today. So definitely give her some love and give that follow. Dennis, you have a good one, my friend. Go do what you do best. Get to your trading action. And like always, you guys can keep up with Dennis at Triple D Trader. Give him a follow also. And we'll keep moving here on Benzinga. We got a great show for you. Up next, you guys got Benzinga TV, live trading action. Lord Ryan and I will get you into the market. I'm ready to go ahead and get my trading shoes on. Let's see what we got today. Already gotten some fireworks with the CPI report. 
We did touch on a couple of headlines, missed out on a couple. So I want to keep rolling through. I want to give you those really quickly. Um, there was some headlines out there that first solar being included in the S&P 500. Keep your eyes on that. See how that kind of moves today. NFE announcing a later in Monday after hours, they announced a special dividend. Uh, dividend policy to return a dividend of $3 per share with a record date of January 4th, payment date of January 13th. Keep your eyes on that. EVgo and Lyft launching new partnerships to accelerate ride share electrification nationwide. And JetBlue putting out some pre-announcement uh, numbers that their ASM at the low end of 15 to 19% the guidance range Slightly was coming down in the pre-market, but pushed, of course, with the market. Uh, CPI is going to change all these kind of headlines, but just wanted to make sure that we touched them. Hit the thumbs up. Like always, we'll be here for you. Pre-market prep, and I'll see you guys next time. Let's keep moving on. Let's get to some live trading action. And, of course, hit the like on your way out.